Hello, friends, and welcome to Men Do Disney, episode number 50. Episode 50. My name is Pete, and joining me tonight are Matt. Hey, Pete. How you doing tonight? And Tom. How are you doing, guys? That, that got a chuckle from me as well. We're three guys who want to help you make the most of your Disney World vacation, as well as to bring some of that Disney magic into your life every day. So put on your favorite pair of Mickey ears, lower your safety harness, remain seated until the ride has come to a complete stop, and then let's do Disney. So we've got a lot to cover tonight. It is our 50th episode, titled episode 50. Probably my most creative work yet, I think. Been creative for a long time. It's getting old, not gonna lie. We're gonna make this a top 50 episode, so we do have a lot to uh, lot to go through tonight. Before we get into that, let's go. Tom, I think we had a listener email that, uh, that we wanna address before we get to the news. Yeah, we had, uh, actually, on the heels of our last episode, uh, we had a listener by the name of Steve who reached out and if you've been a, a listener of any length, you know that I am not personally a fan of dessert parties and definitely do not encourage them. However, he brought up pretty good points. Uh, they do, uh, him and his family do book the dessert parties at Disney World. And his reasoning behind it was when you have a couple kids and you're, you're trying to get through the park stress-free, it's, it's nice to have a spot to watch the fireworks. Uh, and, and he even shared a little story uh, on the last firework party they did it or dessert party they did with Illuminations. And he said his family and, and him and his wife had just great memories of his son and him dancing to the fireworks and kind of the space that he had. So keep that in mind that we, we are looking at this. A lot of times we try to be unbiased, but our lens, uh, our view on things rather does come to the forefront at times. And none of us have, have done Disney World with small children. So I, I'm sure it is really difficult to get a spot for the fireworks where everyone has space. And so if this, if this makes your trip uh, or enhances your trip or makes it a little less, less stressful, then it definitely would be worth it. I can get on board with this. I mean, I, you know, I didn't even think about it from that aspect that it would be nice to have. You're not burning a fast pass doing this, right? So it would be nice to have an area that you know you're going to be able to go to and, and see the fireworks and your kids are going to be able to run around and you're not going to worry about them getting lost. So, yeah, from that perspective, it, it definitely makes sense. You know, Pete, to, to dovetail off of your point, too, with, with uh, the email from Steve, like I said, we do appreciate the other perspective, and we thank, uh, thank Steve for being a loyal listener and reaching out to, to discuss with us and give us a different view to share with our listeners, because uh, I'm sure we do have folks out there that hopefully that does benefit and maybe changes your way of thinking, and it could provide or enhance your trip. Now, does this impact your perspective on the Rivers of Light dessert party at all? Not, okay, not the Rivers of Light because the show to me just is not worth it. Uh, but I guess when I when I look at some of the other fireworks shows that I do enjoy, maybe maybe does shift my way of thinking a little bit. Now, having said all that, it is finally time to take you to the news. And if you remember from last week, we did not discuss the news because we did do you know a listener supported episode. So we have quite a bit of news to dive into and. No other way to start than just hopping on in. So, all right, we're going to start with Magic Kingdom here. Looks like the Fantas- Festival of Fantasy changes parade time. Again, this this has been something that bounces around different times. Uh, it looks like with Magic Kingdom playing host to some events every night during the fall and winter, they will be moving the Festival of Fantasy parade a little bit earlier. Uh, beginning August 17th, the parade will start one hour earlier, so at 2 p.m. instead of 3 p.m. Uh, this It looks like this change actually will last through the end of the year as well. Uh, a couple impacts in the Magic Kingdom as well from Tron construction. Uh, first and foremost, looks like the Walt Disney World Railroad will be closed for an indefinite period of time uh, this December. Again, that is due to the Tron construction, which will be impacting that area. I don't think there's going to be massive changes there but it probably would not be safe for them to operate that while they're doing some of the Tron construction. So not quite sure when when they're going to bring it back either. Uh, this is exciting because everyone's pumped for Tron, and it's something that had to happen. But this is a staple of Disney World, and if, if you're only visiting you know, for your one trip, a lot of people do really enjoy the railroad. Another uh, closure you'll see will be the Tomorrowland Speedway. Looks like it's going to close for several months in 2019. I think this is, again, being impacted by the Tron roller coaster. And some of the construction that will be going on with with that. It looks like Disney has mentioned that the attraction will be the same attraction our guests know and love when it reopens next year. It looks like that may be squashing some of the rumors that suggested a, tra- a change or a you know a makeover for uh, for the new after Tronsville at least. Moving over to Hollywood Studios, Vampirina officially coming to Disney's Hollywood Studios. Uh, I believe this is one of the shows that is on like Disney Junior. 
Uh, so it looks like she will be coming to Hollywood Studios this fall, uh, and she will first appear as part of Disney Junior's Play and Dine at Hollywood and Vine beginning on September 30th. So if you do have children that are interested in that show or that character, they will be joining the Disney cast at Hollywood Studios. I think this is a bit a part. This is a part of the characters I did not know when I ate at Hollywood and Vine last time. Add another one to the list. Moving over to Animal Kingdom, looks like the Festival of the Lion King dining packages are now have been announced. Beginning uh, around August 13th, Disney's Animal Kingdom will offer two new Festival of the Lion King signature dining packages. Both will include a three-course lunch or dinner at Tiffin's Restaurant, along with a reserved priority seating at the Festival of Lion King. The more expensive tier, which is the Tier 1 package, includes reserved VIP seating, uh, a cast photo, and a specially guided safari. This package is $99 per adult and $49 for children. And then Tier 2, I believe you still get the reserved seating. You get the meal at Tiffin's, but there's no VIP seating and there's no safari included. And that one is $74 per adult and $29 for children. Do you do you think that this is worth it for Festival of Lion King? So I think... I mean, it's better than Rivers of Light, right? Definitely. But I look at it more of you're, you're getting a pretty good meal. I, I think the $99 for the, the cast photo, the specially guided tour, the VIP seating, and the dinner, three-course dinner at Tiffin's is probably... So that includes, that includes dinner at Tiffin's? It does. That's not separate? Yep. That is a good deal then. especially. I mean, $99, you get a safari out of it too. Mm-hmm. That's a really good deal. You know, I, and, I, and then to, to another point, you go look at the $74 option. Yeah, you don't have the safari, you don't have the VIP seating, but you get the priority reserve seating at Festival Lion King and still your meal at Tiffin's. So I think Disney priced this pretty appropriately. And, and Tiffin's isn't cheap. I mean, Tiffin's is $60 for an adult anyway. Yep. Yeah, I think this is... I think this is something that'll be successful. It looks like it'll be available daily through the rest of the summer and up until the holiday season kicks off. So around November 20th timeframe uh, is when the, you'll probably see this go away for a little bit of time. I think I think I also read that this uh, could be a two-table service entitlement for the Tier 2 package, which I would probably rather just pay out of pocket than use two dining credits. Moving to... Disney Springs. Chicken Guy, a new fast casual restaurant at Disney Springs owned by celebrity chef Guy Fieri, if that's how you say his name, uh, opened at Disney Springs this past week. The menu will feature all-natural chicken tenders that are hand-pounded and breaded fresh every day, plus 22 different dipping sauces for endless combinations. This is right up my alley. Guy's going to take you to Flavortown. I, I would I, I want Chicken Guy right now. I love chicken strips. Well, it'll be the first time... Well, not the first time you've had chicken strips at the Disney World. <laughs> yeah, I always get I always get the little. They're more like chicken nuggets in the park, but the honey mustard's great. You know, Tom. Part of part of growing up and becoming an adult is expanding your palate outside of just chicken strips. Well, he doesn't have to, to now, so he's lucky. I have no desire to do that. So, if you watched that show that was on, uh, you know, American Idol on ABC this year, you'll notice that they did have a Disney night. They did some auditions at Disney Springs. Looks like they're going to continue that tradition in 2018. Instead of Disney Springs, I believe auditions will be held at ESPN Wide World of Sports Complex on August 25th. I think I read where season one winner, Maddie Poppy, and the runner-up, Caleb Lee Hutchinson, and Katie Turner, who was a finalist, will all make special guest appearances. Registration will begin on the day of the event at 7 a.m., with auditions starting at 9 a.m. Overnight camping will not be allowed, and celebrity judges will not be on site. All singers must be at least 15 15 years or older to audition. Uh, staying again with some of the general type resort news, it uh, looks like Disney's rolling out a faster Wi-Fi service at resorts. You've noticed there's always been free Wi-Fi at resorts since about 2011. This service is definitely in need of an upgrade. And guests, due to increasing guest demand, looks like Disney's going to have to do that. Uh, I believe they're installing an enhanced Wi-Fi service to be rolled out across the Walt Disney World Resort hotels with Disney's Port Orleans French Quarter being the first to get this new faster Wi-Fi. Other hotels will be upgraded in the coming weeks. How do y'all feel about that? Like with Contemporary Animal Kingdom Lodge, I mean, have those always had faster Wi-Fi, or why are they rolling it out where they are rolling it out? I, I think they just picked a pick one to start with. I don't know that there's any rhyme or reason, but I think that Disney's Wi-Fi infrastructure is sorely lacking. It's definitely better than it was in the past. But I mean, you go wait in line for Soren and you try to hop on the Disney uh, Wi-Fi. Yeah, you can't do it. There's a lot of those kind of dead zones in the park. So they're going to have to upgrade this all over the park, not just at the resorts. But I think it's especially bad in the resorts because you've got so many so guests much, Yeah, so many guests, night. so little bandwidth. And mm-hmm. that is going to be an expensive... You know, it's like staying at a Hampton Inn. That's going to be an expensive undertaking. Mm-hmm. 
And the last piece of news I had is a pretty extensive one. It looks like Disney's PhotoPass Day character lineup has been confirmed. Uh, earlier last week, Disney revealed the character lineup for this year's PhotoPass Day. A lot of returning favorites as well as some uh, long-lost friends. However, as you might notice, there will be a lot of digital characters this year as well. Here's the lineup for every park, including Disney Springs. Disney Springs, you're going to have Peter Pan, uh, Shadow Magic Shot between the Lego Store and World Disney, original selfie magic shot outside of Disney Photo Pass, and then Special Balloons Virtual Background will be the Disney Photo Pass. Uh, at Animal Kingdom, you're going to have Bolt at Discovery Island Trails, Baloo and King Louie uh, over there uh, upcountry land in Asia, Huey Dewey and Louie Magic Shot at Dino Land, Kevin Magic Shot near Up a Great Bird Adventure, Russell's Grape Soda Bottle Cap uh, by Up as well, uh, Finding Nemo Prop will be by Finding Nemo the Musical, and then Kilimanjaro Safari's Pop, uh, a prop rather, will be near the attraction entrance. In Hollywood Studios, you can meet Jawas from Star Wars, you can meet Rizzo, Green Army Men of course will be by Slinky Dog Dash in Toy Story Land, Hollywood Tower Hotel Luggage Prop will be at Sunset Boulevard, and Beauty and the Beast Light Up Painting will be by the Beauty and the Beast stage. Uh, in Epcot, you have Cruella de Vil. In the UK, you have Jafar in Morocco. You have Original Selfies in France. Royal Traveler uh, in all 11 countries. Baby Groot uh, in, in Future World East. Uh, Finding Nemo prop near the Seas with Nemo and Friends. And then a Spaceship Earth prop, of course, near the attraction's entrance. And then lastly, Magic Kingdom. I believe it was Pinocchio and Geppetto near Pinocchio's Village. Dole Whip, Magic Shot across from the Sunshine Tree Terrace. Uh, Dumbo Magic Shot near Dumbo. Uh, Mickey Mouse magic shot on the bridge of Fairytale Garden, a Jungle Cruise prop near the attraction's entrance, and then a pretzel prop near the purple wall in Tomorrowland. There's a long list that probably doesn't make much sense verbally telling you that, but we do have Disney Photo Best Day lineup confirmed. Well, that's a, that's a lot to unpack, but on the same note, if I haven't got my wife to Disney yet, if baby Groot's out and about, she will definitely go to Disney. So that, that was my big takeaway there. But it's also cool they're actually bringing out other, you know, Disney characters that aren't traditional. Like Baby Groot's not a traditional Disney character. I, I actually think Disney Spring having it at Disney Springs is cool too, because it does not require you to have park admission to meet yeah. you know, Peter Pan, for example. So But that's it for me for the news. Cool. I've got one other thing I want to mention before we move on, and that's on the fifth, Disney had their VI pass holder event, the first one at Magic Kingdom. I've read a couple of reviews, watched a couple of videos. The takeaway that I've gotten from all of these is that it was not that special of an event. Uh, it was free, so there was no cost to it. Uh, it started at 10 o'clock. Now, Disney did not start removing normal guests until 10 o'clock. So if there were guests that were there for the day and they got into a, a queue at 9.59, they could stay in that queue through whenever they got off the ride. From everything that I've seen... The lines were about 20 to 30 minute waits, which doesn't sound that bad. You know, you, you look at a Seven Dwarfs Mine Train 30 minute wait, that's pretty good, right? But when the park's only open for a two hour event, that's a quarter of your time that you get in the park. So a lot more crowded than say a Not So Scary would, would be or a Very Merry Christmas would be. The other, the other major complaint that I heard was that there wasn't anything really special. It was just, okay, the rides are open. Here's some restaurants that are open. I think a lot of people expected special meet and greets and and there was nothing like that so a little bit of a disappointment i think from from the people that i've read reviews that went hoping that disney really pulls pulls something together and does something special for the uh for the next two and i, I think the next one is september 6th at uh, epcot you know if it's any event that's free per se i, I don't know how much you're going to get out of it like i said i think disney is trying to do better with their annual pass holders and offering, you know, bonuses and additions. So we'll follow, uh, we'll follow closely in September and see any changes or improvements that are made. When we talked about this, you know, not so scary and very merry have other things to pull guests away from, from the rides. So the, the lines at the rides are a lot shorter than they normally are. This didn't really have that. It did, there was nothing else. It was just the rides. So a lot of people were waiting in line for the rides. So anyway, We'll, we'll be closely monitoring this. Well, with that, let's pause for just a minute to hear from our sponsors. So your family is coming to Orlando. And the thought of lugging your stroller onto the plane isn't your idea of fun. 
But you're smart enough to know that conquering the theme parks of Orlando without a stroller for your kids could be a vacation killer. As parents ourselves, we get it. You're not asking for much. You just want the convenience of a clean, affordable stroller or crib delivered to your hotel or vacation home, ready to use. Welcome to Kingdom Strollers, a Disney-featured stroller and crib provider that does exactly what you're looking for at a great price. To book your stroller or crib, just click on the item you'd like to reserve and select the dates for your rental. We run a tight ship, so we will never overbook. Next, tell us where you're staying and choose the times for delivery and pickup. Then, choose from helpful free accessories like cooler bags and rain covers. It couldn't be easier. If you have any questions or concerns, you can check our FAQ page or just give us a call. We are always ready to answer your questions. Once you've placed your reservation, there's nothing left to do except count down the days until you're in sunny Florida. So what are you waiting for? Go ahead and book your stroller or crib from Kingdom Strollers today. Destinations with Character Travel Agency is your one-stop shop for Disney vacations, cruises, and more. With clients ranging from the magic makers of Hollywood to the business executives of New York to families from all over the U.S., people trust the travel consultants of Destinations with Character to make their magical dreams a reality with the patience, care, and attention to detail they deserve. With over 50 years of experience in Disney and worldwide travel, are over 30 travel consultants trained to give the best prices and service possible. Destinations with Character has the tools to make the difference for you. Find out how to take the stress and hassle out of your vacation. Simply contact them to let the magic begin. Destinations with Character Travel, making dream vacations come true every single day. Visit their website at www.destinationswithcharacter.com or email them at info at destinationswithcharacter.com and be sure to tell them that the Mendu WDW podcast sent you. All right, so without further ado, let's move directly into our main topic, the moment that you've all been waiting for. We thought long and hard about what we wanted to make our 50th episode about. And, and we decided that we wanted to make this a top 50 episode. So we're going we're gonna to come at you right now with 50 things that set Disney apart or make Disney unique in our minds. These can be very, very simple things. These can be very broad things. But this is a list that we, and I'm using we very broadly here because I think some of us put a lot more work in than others we put together that we feel like represent, you know, kind of what what makes Disney unique and, and what makes us keep coming back to Disney. So let's get started. And we've kind of got these organized into groups. We'll dance around a lot, I'm sure. But let's start with kind of the hotels and resorts at Disney World. So number one, when I think of Disney, I think of the monorail, specifically the monorail going through the middle of the contemporary. I don't know what else you need to say about that. This The first time I went to Disney and I saw this, I was in love. Yeah, especially the first time you ride the monorail through. And I, I think that's true for most. So number two, and and I, I put this one in here. I'm a big smell guy. I love the toiletries. I love the way these things smell. I keep I keep them in my drawer and I pull them out on special occasions still just to kind of give me some of that Disney magic. Well, we talked about, you know, one of us putting this list together and the other guys, you know, just kind of hopping on. I did not put this on my list. So this is strictly a Pete edition. So I much preferred when the hotels had like Mickey shaped soap. Well, they still they still have like the shampoo bottles still have Mickey ears on them. No, I I mean like the take home because now at some of the hotel the resorts you can't take any of it home. It's like connected into the shower. So while I'm I'm totally on board with this, I still miss the like throwback Mickey Mouse. So just bring your own bottle from home and fill it up from the dispenser. I, I don't, but I don't care about the scent that much like you do. <laughs> I just, it reminds me of the resorts. So number three on our list are the interactive resorts. You know, the reason, the reason I felt like this should have gone in there is because Disney World does a really good job of having things at the resorts as well. Uh, I can throw some examples out there. One of them, if you go to the Polynesian, you do not have to be staying at the resort, but they do have a luau uh, that is very themed to the hotel. Uh, and if you go to Animal Kingdom Lodge, again, if you want to eat dinner over there, you just want to explore it, you can go out and get in the safari uh, pretty closely, actually, and see giraffes and zebras and other animals. And that's, you don't get that everywhere. You don't get that at the local Hampton Inn. Uh, and you know, Universal is one of their bigger competitors, and you don't have that level of interaction, in my opinion, there. Uh, another thing, I know Pete mentioned the uh, Parasol Parade. Which resort is the Parasol Parade at? That's at the Grand Floridian. Okay, that is not the 
parade on the water, correct? No. So the so the parasol parade, I think it happens twice a week. I think it's on Monday and Friday, eight o'clock every morning. Uh, the housekeeping staff parades around with parasols. I mean, that's that's pretty much what it is. It's been going on for a long time now. They've they've been doing it, I think, since the resort opened. You know, it's just one of those kind of special things that reminds you, hey, you're at Disney World. I absolutely and, and staying with it for number four. Also, I had unique Disney dining at the resorts. Again, if you compare, you know, some of the best restaurants at Disney World are at the resorts. And you, again, don't have to have a reservation. Don't have to be staying there. Uh, now, you will have to have a reservation for the dinner. Uh, one of my one of my most favorite dinners at a Disney resort is Ohana in the Polynesian. It's another. It's just it's just the Disney touch. I mean, they, they interact with the kids. They have um, great food, great views, great service. You don't get that everywhere, and that's that's one thing. Disney dining is one of my favorite things at all of all of Disney World. And then, you know, in the in the resorts, my wife has really shown me pretty good restaurants in the resorts that uh, you definitely should should take your family to and go and enjoy. And there's all kinds there's all kinds of ranges of restaurants too, right? So you've got lots of restaurants that you can get a casual meal at. You've got some fancier restaurants. There's just a wide range of restaurants. I mean, think of a uh, think of Chef Mickey's. Not only do you get you know, a character restaurant, you get to see the monorail going through the contemporary. All right. So moving on, this is our kind of second broad category. And and really number five probably should have been our number one. That's the cast members at Disney World. It's just different. It's just different, man. Well, there's a reason we continue to go back to Disney. We talk about it all the time, but without the cast members, we probably would just say, Hey, that's another Disney movie. We wouldn't want to go back to Disney year after year. It's it's great to have people from all over the world that come together for the Disney calls that we both love. Well, all three of us love. And and Disney doesn't pay super well. They don't have super benefits. The people that work at Disney genuinely like working at Disney. People come from all over the place to work at Disney and they genuinely enjoy it and it shows. You know, it shows with their interaction with guests every day. And I think when you think about this and you know, we call it the Disney difference. It's because Disney takes those ordinary moments of your trip, which should be terrible, like it's a bad experience, like this isn't how I plan my trip, and they turn it into extra magic. It's when, you know, Tinkerbell like puts a little bit of pixie, pixie dust, you know, on you and you just you walk through the day and your day is completely changed. And I think to me that's the Disney difference. You know, one of my favorite cast member stories is Pete, you when you and your wife at Tony's. Just the inter- the interaction with the child while making sure that everyone else was taken care of in the section as well. You know, it's not like there was favoritism shown because they had kids or not, or not. you know what I mean? It just, everyone was treated to the level of professionalism and interacted with the way they should be. And it's not done through just handing out free stuff, although that is a part of it. You know, they're not just bribing you to, sorry, you had a bad experience, here's some free stuff. They just make you feel good about your interactions with them. I mean, I think about how bad of a situation it was for the day I was on Splash Mountain. All the people that waited standby and they were telling them they had to leave the attraction. And I mean, they made it right for everybody. And even when guests were rude to the cast member, there was no retaliation. I mean, the cast member showed nothing but but professionalism. Oh, and you come back to that kind of moment, like being on the very end of the line. It's a three-hour wait. You've been there two hours. And you're wondering, when am I going to move? Well, Disney, actually, they'll bring ice cream out to people at the back of the line. They'll do things that are just... I mean, it's the Disney difference, something that makes you forget that you're in line for three hours just waiting. It's like that extra bit of kindness that you don't find anywhere else. All right. Well, so moving on, number six, the monorail, just in general. Where else, what other theme park do you know that has a monorail? Where else in the world do you know that has a monorail? Well, the very first place I've ever seen a monorail and probably the only place is Disney World. That's one of the things that has always separated Disney from other places is just that I mean, it's the coolest thing I've ever seen, a monorail. You get to zoom around like on a train, but you're above ground. I agree with you if they can get it working, if it's not breaking down and, and people are not getting I was stuck just, on it. It's, it's a 35-year-old piece of machinery. I was just going to... It's it's older than that, probably. Definitely. It's older than that, yeah. Definitely. I think it, it was there for park opening. But the monorail, I, I had a pretty poor experience on it on my last trip, but that does not mean I do not believe that it belongs on this list. And it, it really is really neat for kids and it's a great it's great transportation too uh and and it mixes it up where you're not always on a bus all the time or you're not always you know on other forms of transportation at at disney world 
So speaking of other forms of transportation, let's go into number seven. This to me is a love-hate thing. It is unique to Disney World though, so it belongs on this list. That is the boat that you can take from the Transportation and Ticket Center to Magic Kingdom. So I've had good and bad experiences with this ferry. Sometimes you get on and it takes you right there, no problem. Sometimes you you wait two ferries before you can get on because the monorail's down. Sometimes they won't let you take the monorail. You have to ride the bus, whatever. So that's that's why I say I kind of have a love-hate relationship with this, but We'll see riding a boat from the parking lot to a, to a theme park. Yeah, it's really it's really cool, and I, I should have done that instead of the monorail the last time I was in Disney World because I watched many people just get on over to Magic Kingdom. Now the next one on the list, number eight, which also could be argued that it should have been higher on our list, it is the Utilidors in Magic Kingdom. And if you're not familiar with what that term means, uh, Magic Kingdom is actually elevated, so the park that you're walking on is a couple stories high. So so Disney. Walt had an idea that let's put underground tunnels throughout Magic Kingdom, which prevents, you know, maybe someone from Tomorrowland being seen in Frontierland. Uh, and it provides for seamless transitions with the, the cast members, the characters, uh, and, and just the overall park functionality. Everything happens underground, and they can get to pretty much any portion of the park underground. So it's a super cool Disney secret, and it adds to the Disney difference and the Disney touch and how can we make park visitors experience as seamless as possible. And I don't think this is on our list, but we've definitely talked about it on past podcasts on the same note that Tom says, you know, you're not going to see someone from Frontierland in Tomorrowland. Also, you won't see Frontierland from Tomorrowland or Tomorrowland from Frontierland. Visually, they set the park up where you cannot see other lands from where the land you are currently walking around residing in. All right. Well, let's talk poop. Yeah. China bathrooms? Is that where we're going here? No, we're not going we're not going uh, China not yet. bathrooms. Not yet. We'll get there eventually. Uh let's let's go to Liberty Square in Magic Kingdom. So, if you've been to Liberty Square, you know that the ground is is red, almost clay-like material, but there's a brown path that runs kind of down the middle of the of the path in Liberty Square. And that represents poop well you know back in the old days everyone had to poop and had to go somewhere and disney recaptured that but it but it it kind of shows hey this is this is the historical recreation that disney's going through now granted they're not going to have an open sewer in the middle of their pathway this is this is a theme park that people are paying to go into so of course we're not going to have that but you know it, it just is a nice little detail that's in there that kind of takes you back to colonial times well here comes um number 52 that you didn't pay for but the same thing we talked about in the past. There is no bathroom in Liberty Square. Very true. So that's that's where the bathroom material would go, directly down the middle of the path. Okay, so let's <laughs> talk about something a little bit more fun. Number 10. Um, there are hidden Mickeys throughout Walt Disney World. And we're all going to have our favorite hidden Mickeys, but if you're taking a family to Walt Disney World and you've never done this before, it's a lot of fun just trying to figure out where the hidden Mickeys are. Um, it's a fun eye spy game and some examples are like in the Haunted Mansion. It's on the play setting in the region where like the ballroom and the dancing occurs and that's really cool. I can think of two that stick out for me aside from the Haunted Mansion one that, that Matt named. Over with Nemo and Friends in the aquarium, they have rocks in the form of a hidden Mickey, which is a pretty cool one to look for. Uh, and then if you ever notice where they tie in the the boats, all the rope, like the finish it, the finish on the ropes, the excess rope will be formed into a hidden Mickey as well. And that's just like any boat at Correct. Walt Disney World. Yeah. Now, number number eleven is one that was near and dear to my heart and Matt's heart at some point, and that was Disney pin trading. It's another thing that you've seen other places like SeaWorld tried it, and it just doesn't take off for whatever reason. Disney captured that market. And this is a, it's really unique to Disney World, and it's something that, like I said, it was near and dear to our hearts. So when we went to Disney World, this was one thing we really looked forward to, and that was Disney pin trading for sure. Yeah, I mean, as far as pin trading goes, one of the most fun things for me was a cast member has to say yes, and they have to say yes two times. So it doesn't matter. Like you, you know, a lot of a lot of folks go around looking for limited edition pins, looking for pins that you know are rare. And for me, I went for the Coca-Cola Snow White and Seven Dwarf pins. And it took me three or four trips to get all of them. But I got them all from cast members. And it was 
an incredible amount of fun because that was one of the things that drove me like talk to every cast member and every time you talk to a cast member you meet someone new and they have an interesting story so yeah i mean i definitely agree like the pin training is pretty cool pete did you ever do that i never got into pin training i had a couple i think they used to give you a set of pins when you stayed at the resorts but uh but i never really got into it beside that i was i was more into spending my money on disney treats Disney like snacks turkey legs than, uh, than on pins like dough whips yeah exactly so number 12 let's go to main street usa you're walking down main street usa main you're getting hit all of your senses but to me the thing that stands out the most are the smells you know you walk by the bakery and you're smelling cookies disney's really good at making you smell what they want you to smell and i i don't think there's any other place in the park that that does it better than main street usa i'm a big fan of disney smells Maybe not as much as Pete, but Main Street USA, when any any of the bakeries there and walking down the street, it definitely has a unique scent to it. And and I mean that's by design. Disney pumps that scent out so you wander in to see what treats are are inside and good marketing, it's a good way to sell stuff and I mean quite frankly, I love the smell, so no complaints from me. And even popcorn. You know, they they pump that stuff out into the street, so they make they make you want popcorn at 9.30 in the morning. I've never eaten popcorn at 9.30 in the morning in my life, except mm-hmm. for when I'm at Disney World. Uh, number 13 on the list, pretty pretty important, Mickey ears in general. And they have taken this to the nth degree. They have Mickey ears for with Buzz Lightyear theme, with Woody theme, with you know Peter Pan, Star Wars Star theme. Star Wars theme. Mickey ears are everywhere. They are universally known as a, Disney, a Walt Disney collectible and... I mean, I'd be lying to you if I said I didn't have a pair of Mickey ears at some point in my life. I don't think it's a trip if you don't buy a pair of Mickey ears, right? When when my wife and I went the first time, that was the first thing she wanted to do was buy a pair of Mickey ears. Well, many ears. Same but. same concept, right? And you see newlyweds who go to Disney World, they get the uh, husband and wife or Mr. and Mrs. You know, they, there is a American Girl Mickey ears now. When my wife and I were just there, we looked at a bunch of different pairs. And believe it or not, they get... Like the rose gold was really popular on one of my trips. You couldn't find it anywhere. All right, so people go crazy for these things. And um, just as we collected pins, people collect Mickey ears. Moving along, number 14. Again, I feel like we're staying at Magic Kingdom for a lot of these. But a lot of these kind of unique Disney things really do happen at Magic Kingdom. Watching Tinkerbell get a hefty push and fly over the crowd. How cool is this? It, it's something I've always re- will remember uh, at one point in my life. I truly believed that was Tinkerbell flying. And of course it is, because it's, it's Disney World. She flies there. But this is a, a big part of the fireworks show in Magic Kingdom. It's really neat to see her go across uh, from the castle, fly over uh, what appears to be near Tomorrowland. It's really, really well executed. And as we've shared in a secret, she does receive a hefty push. Uh, now, number 15, this is something that uh, other amusement parks have not been able to capture, and it's Disney. It's shows. And so we, we had them as Disney shows. You have Fantasmic Illuminations, multiple, multiple shows. You have Galactic Spectacular. Tom's favorite, Rivers, Rivers of Light. Light. There are daytime shows. That You get the point. There's a lot of Disney shows, and they're all, for the most part, extremely good. Rivers of Light is not. All the other ones are. They You don't, you don't see the crowds come out like this for other amusement parks shows in Disney World. Fills it up every single night for all of these shows. All right, moving along. Number 16, World Showcase. We did three episodes on World Showcase. I don't know what else we have to say that we didn't say in those episodes, but spend some time on World Showcase. It's it's definitely worth it. And I think for me, it's where else in the world, except for being in these countries, can you go experience these countries in one day? I think that's why it's cool to me. That's why it's a Disney difference, Disney you know, whatever you want to call it, Disney aspect, which is cool to me. All right. And and going along with that, number 17, all of the countries at World Showcase, the cast members that work there are from the various countries that the pavilions represent. So, you know, another uh, another thing that really sets them apart. Number 18, we probably could have put with the Disney shows, but we did not. Disney parades, because they are unique in themselves. Uh, Disney parades are, again, a time where, where guests pack out to to watch the parades and they are really good uh the festival of fantasy fantasy parade uh, i watched on my last trip and absolutely loved it and i'm not a huge parade guy at this point until we get a nighttime parade back i don't think i will be 
Well, when you think about your nighttime craze, let's talk about it for a second. Like Spectrum Magic, you love that. Oh, Spectrum! I was just waiting for you to list more than Spectrum Magic. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah, I mean, I, I, so for those of you who don't know, we look at each other on Skype, and so I said Spectrum Magic, and it looked like both of these guys froze. But no, Spectrum Magic. I mean, the Electric Light Parade. I mean, you have so many great, great parades that. I mean, there's a lot of afternoon parades too. Moving on on the list, number nineteen. This Matt, is you yours, need to Matt. hit this, this one is because all yours. Yeah, all you. So when you go to Disney World. There's a lot of food that people will tell you to go go enjoy. But if you're not getting a turkey leg, then you're not doing your Walt Disney World trip right. Now, Matt, did you ever actually enjoy a turkey leg or did you just enjoy yeah, two bites of a turkey did you ever finish a turkey leg? leg? So, as an adult, I've always enjoyed the turkey leg. As a child, I had this knack for asking my mom for a turkey leg right before we had to go on a ride or had to do something else. So I had to walk away from our turkey leg. And I almost asked, like, you know, a Disney character, do you want my turkey legs? I know how good this is. But no, mom always going to be thrown in the trash can. The funniest thing, Matt's turkey leg is, ooh, this turkey leg sounds great. Oh, we have a fast pass for Buzz Lightyear. Bye-bye, turkey leg. <laughs> no, but also, like, the next most famous thing Matt would do was buy a new turkey leg when I got off the ride. Yep. Twelve dollars $12 well spent. All right. Uh, number, number 20. <laughs> Character meals. There's a ton of these at the resorts, at the parks. If you've got kids, it's worth doing. If you're an adult, it's worth doing. The food is not going to be that memorable, but it's it's worth it just to see the characters there. Yeah, I, mean, I agree. I, I loved character meals growing up. A little bit less now. They're still really neat, but it helps when I know the characters. Well, what was your favorite character meal growing up? Um. Well, for me, it was it was always anything that had to do with Donald. I didn't care what restaurant it was at. Like, Donald was my favorite character. So Chef instead of saying like, where your tough. favorite place was, go ahead, Tom. Chef Mickey's was tough to beat for me. I love Chef Mickey's. Now, and moving. Pete like Cinderella's Royal Castle. Who doesn't like? Who doesn't love that? Moving on to number twenty-one. I promise, if you haven't got any advice from us, this is the best advice. Club cooled Epcot. Try the Beverly. You'll you'll love it. You'll love it. <laughs> Guaranteed. There's only one drink that I drink at Club Cool, and it's the Beverly. Yep. That's enough said there. It's unique. (laughs) It's the reason we love Disney. It's because of the Beverly. It's because of the Beverly. Number 22, uh, Main Street decorations, specifically the the signs and windows. These are kind of like the credits to Disney World, right? They're, They're telling you who designed the park, who built the park. It's cool to walk down these various shops and, and see all the names. And my favorite one is like where there are singing lessons. And if you go if you go close enough, you'll actually hear someone singing or trying to sing on Main Street. That that is a great one. It's a little alley on Main Street and you do see that and if you uh, listen carefully, it's pretty quiet down there. You will hear music being played and someone trying to sing. Now, number 23 was also also one of my favorites growing up and this is morning wake up calls from characters. Uh, you can you can set this up, and I'm not sure if you still can do this, but at one point you could set it up at your Disney Resort Hotel where the phone would ring. It would basically be Mickey Mouse, Goofy. They had a few different ones that cycle through, but they would be explaining to you that time to get up. It's time to go enjoy Disney World. We're waiting for you. We're excited you're here. Up, up and at them. Up and at them. And, and kids, I mean, as a kid, I loved it. So I, I mean, can't. I'm pretty sure this is still a thing. I don't think this is going to the wayside. Yeah, this I is mean, still- all hotels have wake-up calls, but... Where else can you get a wake-up call from Mickey? Yeah, this isn't the hotel front desk saying Mr. Mr. Uh, Mr. So-and-so or Mrs. So-and-so. It's 7.15. This is your wake-up call. This is Mickey Mouse here. So another one for sure. So if you have kids, they're going to wake up. Uh, number 24. This is kind of a, a broad way to put it, but it's the amazing Disney design uh, of some of the structures. And some that, that we threw out as examples would be like the Tree of Life, Cinderella Castle, Spaceship Earth. Tower of Terror. We missed the Sorcerer's Hat. We missed the Earful Tower. We missed the Earful Tower. But any anywho, you get the point. I mean, you walk in to any of these four, you know, any of the any of the parks. Tree of Life is certainly the centerpiece. Cinderella Castle centerpiece. Spaceship Earth, incredible structure, and then Tower of Terror is just unbelievable looking. And I think my favorite part about all of this is you think about the different structures here. Cinderella's Castle. Anyone that walks into that, the first time you see Cinderella's Castle, it's amazing. When you go to Spaceship Earth, Tower of Terror is cool. There's no other place that like I actually feel scared at Disney World, but sometimes I get scared when I get on Tower of Terror. And the Tree of Life, 
I mean, if you see all the animals that are carved into that structure, it's just fantastic. You know, one one thing I want to point out on this as well, Disney uses it. They're very functional. So it's not just, you know, the Earful Tower, not, not necessarily as one there, but all of the Disney structures referenced here, you know, Tree of Life holds its Bugs Life. Cinderella Castle has a restaurant. You can walk through it. Uh, it has a, a suite. Spaceship Earth, of course, an attraction, and Tower of Terror is an attraction. So that's another cool thing Disney did with those buildings. But more than that, they kind of serve as a focal point for the park. They they act as a, if you get lost in the park, you've got this navigational. Let's just meet here. Mm-hmm. All right, number 25. Well, Pete, you, you have to take this one, Pete. Number 25 is all you. Yeah, this is kind of a split. Dole Whip or Citrus Swirl, depending on what your preference is. I'm a Dole Whip guy. I'll always be a Dole Whip guy. I know there are some that really like Citrus Swirl, but uh, but for me, Dole Whip's the way to go. There are very few other places you can get Dole Whip. Yeah, I saw something the other day, and it was on Twitter. And I, I don't remember who said it, but it was like top 10 things at Disney World. And it basically said, everything's amazing. And then the last like, couple words were, but it's Dole Whip. Like The last four said, like everything's amazing, but that Dole Whip, that's the, that's the ticket. All right, 26. And we we kind of talked about this with the Utilidors, but Magic Kingdom is actually on the second story of a giant structure. The way that it is designed, Main Street is on a slight incline. You're actually walking up kind of a hill towards Cinderella Castle. When you are leaving the park, you're walking downhill. So a little bit of a way to kind of ease your tired legs after you've been uh, walking around the park all day long. Plus, it gets you up above the Utilidors. Another thing to add on to this is that when you're walking in the park, the way Main Street is set up, the, the structures of the buildings and the width of the road, it makes it look longer when you're entering and shorter when you're exiting. So that's another little mind game uh, to give you some energy. And one of the best moments of my professional life was walking through the utility doors. That was a lot of fun. I did that about two years ago. I think these guys, we've talked about it, but yeah, these utility doors, they're selling serious. Still jealous about that. Mm-hmm. All right, Goofy statue, number 27. This is a cool one. So the Goofy statue he's referring to is on the right as you enter Magic Kingdom. It, he's, he's of course, uh, on a bench, and if you sit next to him it's long enough, you may hear him start talking. And this definitely can get some guests by surprise because it's, it's a statue. You would never expect for the statue to talk to you, but this is uh, another fun occurrence that largely gets overlooked at Magic Kingdom. 28. This is one of my favorites as well. I'm a huge gum chewer, so part of it is not cool. But as you've noticed, and we've talked about it, you probably don't see much gum stuck on rides, trees, wedding areas, or any of the Walt Disney World property. And that's because they don't sell it. Uh, and that is for this reason. You, you go on a, a lot of, you know, to pick your Six Flags, your Carowinds, Universal to that degree. You, you'll see gum different places because people take it out their mouth and just stick it on stuff. Well, Disney World, a preventative action is by not selling it. So maybe it helps them. So Pete, number 29, I think you have the most expertise in this area. Talk to us about the China Pavilion, but more specifically the bathrooms. I like the bathrooms at the China Pavilion. It's a, I, it's kind of my zen place of peace, I guess you could call it. Very neutral smelling, very, very peaceful, quiet music, relaxing. Great place to make a pit stop if you're in the uh, World Showcase. All right, so let's talk about Epcot and what's on the ground when you leave. Yeah, this so number number 30, the ground around Spaceship Earth at night lights up, and it, it kind of looks like you're walking on the stars. It It's bittersweet for me because it, while it is very cool, it means you're exiting the park. So in most cases, you're walking there to leave, but it is something I can remember from my childhood, uh, kind of stomping and jumping on the, on the light-up ground area. So... This is just something, another Disney touch. And Pete's right, when it's dark outside, it does kind of feel like you're walking on, on the stars. And going along with that kind of bittersweet moment, number 31, the Kiss Goodnight at Magic Kingdom. And this is long, long after the park closes, kind of as a final farewell to to send the, uh, send the guests off. You get a little snippet of Roy's speech from opening day. So and it just acts as kind of a close to the, uh, to the evening. Again, I'm with you. Another bittersweet one. As cool as it is, it does mean you got to go home. Get out of here. Magic Kingdom is closed for the night. Now, I'm, I'm pretty sure that happens 30 minutes after park closing. Something like that, yeah. And now the next one, though, number 32. This is one well and dear to our hearts. The Food and Wine Festival. And I know you guys have been there more than I have. So you guys share with me what makes this so special. 
Epcot is the festival park now, right? So there's always a festival going on at Epcot. But to me, this is the best festival. This was kind of the original festival. And, you know, Flower and Garden Festival. Let's let's take Flower and Garden. There's extra food booths set up. There's stuff going on. But it just isn't the same as, as food and wine. Food and wine is what really draws the crowds in. It's what I feel like Disney brings out kind of their best and best tasting, best looking dishes. There's unique drinks. It's a great atmosphere. Epcot on a Friday night or a Saturday night during food and wine is a, is a great place to be. I mean, the food and wine festival, it's one of my favorite, favorite times at Disney World. It's really unique. It gets people excited. It gets people in the doors. Uh, and they, Disney offers, you know, to go along with the World Showcase, they offer a ton of unique food and drink items. And it's something you don't, you don't see anywhere else. That's very unique to Disney World. And on that next level, Tom, you're the only one that can talk about number 33. But this is the incredible. floating mountains at Pandora. Yeah, the floating mountains of Pandora. That's absolutely incredible. This is it's something I cannot describe to you other than you have to go and see it because it it truthfully does you're in another world and it's I always wondered how are they going to do floating mountains how are they going to make it look like they're floating well they did it and so on that on that topic and I don't think we have this on here but I've heard when nighttime comes at Pandora you know immediately and it's an amazing amazing experience. Yeah, Pandora, just like all other places in Disney World, it definitely is different from the daytime to the nighttime. And the theming uh, is to a point where some animals and noises will only be heard during the day, and then other ones will be heard at night if they're nocturnal or, or not nocturnal. So, yeah, Pandora in general is super neat. So number 34, and I, I was at another amusement park this past weekend, one of the things I noticed about that amusement park is that their trash cans were always overflowing and they were always stinky. Disney takes great pains to assure that neither one of these things happen. And, and in fact, even the location of the trash cans at Disney World is very carefully, scientifically plotted out. But they also make great, take great pains to make sure that the trash cans are always emptied and that they're not overflowing. Walt knew that there was only a certain amount of time that people would hold onto a piece of trash before dropping it on the ground. And the trash cans at Disney World are planted accordingly. So take a look at the trash cans next time you're walking, walking through the parks. Yeah, and so for that actual measurement, it's 30 feet. There's a trash can every 30 feet at Walt Disney World. And when I was telling my wife about this episode, she said she wished that um, where she walks my dog, there was a trash can every 30 feet because... You know, she said it'd be a whole lot easier to drop that dog doo-doo every 30 feet than hold on to it for half a block. But yeah, no, I agree with that because that's just, you know, no one wants to hold stuff that long. So 35, going back to Main Street. The American flags that line Main Street never come in. And there's a reason they never come in because they're not really American flags. Disney sits on a throne of lies. These American, <laughs> these American flags either are missing a stripe or a star, and that's because they don't want them to come in. They stay up all the time. The poles actually serve as lightning rods. And you, of course, when we have to go to half-mast or, or something within our country, you know, the flag at the front of the park is changed. However, the flags lining Main Street remain in their position. Well, number 36 is one of my favorite things about Disney. is the Disney bubble. When you walk in Disney World... If you so choose, you can leave the rest of the world behind. Let's go. Let's go tomorrow. <laughs> I, <laughs> I agree. Need a break. Now moving moving over to our next category uh, that we've you know kind of had our topics here, and this will be things that we love about the rides. One of my favorite things is on one of my favorite attractions, and no, it is not Space Mountain. It's Haunted Mansion, and the engagement ring that was not a ring, but then was a ring, and is still a ring today. If you don't know what we're talking about, we did have an episode that, that we dove really in-depth in depth look at Haunted Mansion. But uh, at one point, there was a round metal band that was outside of the attraction. Guests basically assumed this was the engagement ring uh, that goes along with the storyline in Haunted Mansion. When Disney World renovated the queue, they took this metal piece out of the ground and people went nuts. So Disney World actually added a true engagement ring into the ground at Haunted Mansion. And the Haunted Mansion, like we're not going to go down this this path tonight, but there are a million different things we could talk about with the Disney touch, the Disney difference in the Haunted Mansion. But one of the things I will lean on our resident expert on is the smell in Rome on Spaceship Earth. Yeah, so number number 38, and I'm a smell guy, what can I say? But this is another thing that is 
that Disney does on their ride is a very unique smell. Some people think it smells like burning hair. Some people smell think it smells like a barbecue. I think it smells really good. I would get a candle that smells like this, but but it really lets you know where you are in the ride. It's not a good smell, in my opinion. It is very unique because I can honestly tell you I have never smelled this smell anywhere other than Spaceship Earth. This is uh this is the portion of the episode where Pete started contributing to our list. <laughs> I'll be real, y'all. When I smell the smell, I try to like put my shirt up. I I don't like this. <laughs> well, I think it smells good. I think it smells like barbecue. Well, you know, what? we're gonna move right on, right on to the next one, and number forty. No, we're actually on number thirty-nine. Well, and you know what? Sometimes you get ahead of yourselves on this on these kind of shows. Number thirty-nine. Um, Tom, go ahead and take it. Yeah, number thirty-nine is another cool one. And I'm glad we, this is, this could have been a Disney secret, but it's definitely a Disney touch and one of the top, one of our top 50 things of why we love Disney World. And it's, if you ever noticed the Haunted Mansion or Tower of Terror showing a 13 minute wait, it means you should head over there now because there's no wait. Uh, this is Disney's way of, of notifying that there is a zero minute wait. And as you would know, everything is in increments of five minutes. So five, 10, 15, 20, 25, et cetera. So when it shows 13 minutes, you need to go uh, hustle it up. Don't worry about anything else you're doing. Just get there. Yeah, I I have been I'm fortunate enough to see the 13 minute wait at Tower of Terror, and it's really weird when you look on the app or you. It was kind of creepy. It's just odd, and it's like, huh, 13 minutes, huh? So, yeah, that's a that's so a, whoever. I guess, I guess I should go. Whoever added that one, that was good, and and staying uh, near Tower of Terror, we're gonna hit number 40 here, and this is for Rock and Roller Coaster. Uh, be sure to look at the license place. Wow, license plates on the Super Stretch limo. Uh, they do have some funny names. Uh, and this does kind of go into the fact that limos play different songs. Uh, some of them include One Quick Limo, You Go Girl, Bye Bye, Too Fast For You, and Hate Traffic. Of course, these are spelled in a very unique manner. Uh, so keep your eyes out for those. And keeping on that theme, number 41, the Jungle Cruise has kind of a similar motif going on. So you've got Amazon Annie, Niall Nelly, Congo Connie, Ganges Gertie, Quango Kate, Orinoco Ida. There's a bunch of them. Number number 42 for our list is another small detail from Disney World that I, I didn't even know, honestly. But one of the horses on the inner ring of Prince Charming Regal Carousel has a golden ribbon on its tail. This signifies that that is actually Cinderella's horse. So I feel like at one point in my life, I did know that when I when I would ride you know, the, the carousel. And I feel like I probably hustled to get on said horse. I did not remember it uh, when we were going over this list. Number 43 on It's a Small World. You can spot a lot of Disney characters amongst the dolls. Peter Pan, Tinkerbell, Alice, Abu, Aladdin, Mushu, and many other characters can be seen, which is something that not a lot of people realize because they just walk on this ride thinking, okay, it's, it's a small world. But yeah, you can see a lot of characters that were not present on the original World Fair. That's one. That's one of my favorite. That's one of my favorite things, actually, because I don't. I, I'm not a huge fan of Small World, but looking for these characters has made it a little better. All right, number forty-four. So Winnie the Pooh used to be Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. As you enter Winnie the Pooh, and I think it's the first scene in Winnie the Pooh, right? There is actually a picture of Mr. Toad handing over the deed to the ride to Winnie the Pooh. Which is a pretty Which is cool Disney's touch. way of recognizing that, hey, people really miss Mr. Toad. And Mr. Toad's still operating at Disneyland, so you can still experience it at Disneyland. There's also a uh, another representation of Mr. Toad, which uh, which I think we'll go ahead and say uh, is number 44. And that is the tombstone at uh, the Haunted Mansion. There is a tombstone for, Winnie, for uh, Mr. Toad at the Haunted Mansion. There's a lot of tombstones at the Haunted Mansion. And I encourage everyone to like read all of them because they're hilarious. <laughs> they are. Yeah, if, if we're going to hit that. And again, that was number 44 and 45 there that we hit. Uh, the tombstones and the gravesites of the Haunted Mansion is hysterical. There's one tombstone that creeps me out. It's the one where the lady's eyes open. And she kind of looks around. That one yeah, we don't like definitely that. bothers me. Uh, I know Matt was talking about being scared at Disney World. That's where you can find me being scared at Disney World. Uh, but that good uh, good secrets and, and not, the, again, the deed, the deed getting handed over from Mr. Toad is great uh, in the Winnie the Pooh attraction. Now, number 46, one of my favorite attractions at Disney World, the Carousel of Progress. There's a picture of Walt Disney in the daughter's room uh, in the 1940s. Uh, it looks like, I, think, I believe it's in the upper left corner of the wall. Is it? This attraction was a big deal for Walt, and it is obviously a day one attraction and something that uh, he showed at the World's Fair. 
So I'm a, I'm a huge, uh, huge fan of this, and I, I think this is a nice Disney Disney touch, Disney difference, whatever you whatever you want to refer to it as. I like to have a little bit of Walt Disney in there. Well, when you think about it, and that particular ride has so much Walt just like in its architecture and its design and its everything for the Disney, well, not for the Disney World Fair, but the World Fair. And I think it's a very cool touch that, that that is there. It's one of those things that I hadn't really actually noticed until someone told me about it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it is tough. It's tough to see. Now, number 47 for us is just Kilimanjaro Safari because... There's nowhere in the continental United States that you can have an experience like Kilimanjaro Safari except at Disney World. You know, back to the premise of the episode, why do we go back to Disney World? This is one of the reasons. I'll never walk, I'll never step foot in Animal Kingdom and not enjoy some time on Kilimanjaro Safari. Yep, you're you're 100% right. I mean, you can go to a zoo, but you're not going to have an experience at a zoo like you would at Animal Kingdom. So I got the next one, number 48. When you go on the Jungle Cruise and you have an enthusiastic cruise leader, that is the best. Well, speaking of the Jungle Cruise... You know what it is? It's a water ride. And you know what water rides have at Disney World? They have something in common. They have a very unique smell. And I'm going to leave this in at number 48. I'm not going to make this a new number. Because you can lump in Splash Mountain, Pirates of the Caribbean, Jungle Cruise, Small World. It's a small world. They all have this. How, do, how would you describe the smell, Pete? Because you're a smell expert. Yeah. So it's kind of chlorine. It's kind of a little bit of mildew. It's, it's kind of closed in air. And tell me, you kind of actually you want this candle? No, I do. I so I actually there are a couple of companies that make candles that supposedly smell like you know Disney water rides. And yes, I want my because you get on Splash Mountain and you're you instantly you smell that smell and you're like, there it <laughs> when is. You said this, right when you said this to me today. I was thinking about the last time I rode Pirates of the Caribbean and I was like, huh. I know exactly what smell. Not not the burning room scene. No, no, no. The, the water smell. And not there's like an orange yeah, blossomy kind of smell on Pirates of the Caribbean too. Not that either. Yeah, this is no. This it's, is the Disney the, water ride smell. It's the worst smell that smells good. If that makes any sense, like it doesn't smell good, but I love the smell. No, it's not a good smell. I mean, there's no question it's not a good smell, but it really just it lets you know, hey, you're on a Disney water ride. Guys, go on a water ride and, and tweet us, email us. You, you'll know what we're talking about. And I guarantee you that if you really think about it, you'll know exactly what we're talking about. Now, now number 49 is not a water ride. However, it is a really popular one, Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. And this is something I noticed when I rode the attraction for the first time. Uh, on each train, you know, like your little individual section, rocks totally independent of the other ones. Pete and I rode it at one point, and, and Pete explained to me, hey, we can get this thing really moving. We were we were about to rock off the, the train. <laughs> I mean, we were we were going pretty uh, pretty aggressive there, so I think uh, I think that's one of my one of my favorite parts of that attraction for sure. So I think as we get to number fifty, I think we would be amiss to not say Disney Mountains. And I know we each have different. I wouldn't say different. I know Pete's favorite Splash Mountain. Tom is Space Mountain, and I love Big Thunder Road. It might not be my favorite ride at Disney, but I always enjoy it. So. I don't know that there are more iconic things at Magic Kingdom than the mountains, other than the castle. I mean, when I walk in, I'm looking for Space Mountain. I couldn't agree more. I mean, I, I was devastated on the last trip that we could not do Splash, even though I, I make fun of it here. It's one of my favorite favorite attractions at Disney World. You know, we did do Big Thunder, did do Space, and they all provide a very, very unique ride experience. And they're really iconic. I mean, you look in Frontierland, you can't you can't help but look at Splash Mountain and Big Thunder, and you look at Tomorrowland, and as weird as the building is that Space Mountain's in, you know, every time I see it, you know, when I'm over at Polynesian and I can see into into Magic Kingdom, I'm like, oh, there's there's Space Mountain. So, I think that's a great way to to end our list because those certainly keep me going back to Disney World. Like I remember like coming on the Disney bus and seeing Space Mountain and just feeling like, okay, well that's where I'm going to go. I mean, Big Thunder is definitely the lesser of the three, but so that's 50. We know we left a lot of stuff out here. There's a ton of stuff that makes Disney unique that keeps us coming back. We'd love to hear from all of you guys. Tweet us, email us, let us know what uh, what your unique little Disney details are that, that keep you going back to the park. Again, we'd, we'd love to hear. We'll, we'll mention some of them in the, uh, in the coming episodes. So with that, let's move on to the secret and trivia question for the week. Tom, what do we got? For the secret of the night, we have a water ride that has that unique smell to it. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna be revolving around Pirates of the Caribbean here. Uh, an Imagineer named George was killed during the building of Pirates of the Caribbean at Walt Disney World. 
It is said his ghost haunts the ride to this day. So workers say, good night, George, before they shut down the ride each night as a superstition to prevent attraction breakdowns the next day. Talk about being creeped out at Disney World. Did I just ruin Pirates of the Caribbean for you? Because I re-ruined it for me. So, no. Unless I'm on the Haunted Mansion, then I believe in ghosts. Uh, and we're going to visit our trivia question from last week as well as our trivia question from this week. Uh, last week's trivia question was the Animal Kingdom logo has five animals on it. A lion, elephant, triceratops, gazelle, and a what? It's a dragon. Uh, as we've hinted at and mentioned on previous episodes, Beastly Kingdom was supposed to be where Pandora is today. Uh, Disney kind of ran out of funding and decided to go a different direction. However, they did not change the sign. And so there is still a dragon on the Animal Kingdom logo. Now... The trivia question for this week, and it is something we mentioned. We probably have mentioned this number before in the past, but uh, anywho, how many hotel rooms are on the Walt Disney World property? And when I say that, I mean consider Disney resorts, not your good neighbor hotels. Uh, so not your Double Tree by Disney Springs, but definitely consider like the all-star sports, music, and movies. So again, how many hotel rooms are on the Walt Disney World property? Uh, you can tweet us at WDW podcast or email us at WDW at gmail.com with your answer. Uh, we love all the participation we get on these. That's why we continue to do the trivia question. It's one of the more popular segments of our show. So uh, thanks again for everyone uh, everyone supporting us and listening. We're so excited to be at episode 50. I, I don't know that any of us thought we'd hit this hit this mark when we started, but you know we're, we're really excited for, for 50 more and 50 more after that. All right. Well, if there's nothing else, let's go ahead and close it out for the week. That's all we have time for. Please tune in next week for some more Disney magic. Look for us on the Twitter at WDW Podcast. If you have any suggestions, questions, or comments, please tweet us or email us at WDW at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. It really does help us out. Thank you so much for listening and giving us the most valuable thing you have, your time. We'll see you next week. <laughs>